bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. My guest today is jazz great Alvin Fisher. And let me tell you how I became an Alvin Fisher fan. The musical Cassidy family recommended Alvin's music to me, and the Cassidy's know great music, and so I paid close attention. And they had it absolutely right. And you may have heard of the Cassidy family, of very musical, Margaret, Annette, Dan, and their famous late sister, Eva Cassidy. So they had it right on the money with Alvin, and I got a hold of Alvin and asked him to come on, and he was gracious enough to do so. We're going to play a little bit of his music for you today and and introduce you what the Cassidy family already knew and that I know and that we're going to share with you. So thank you, Alvin, for coming on. Oh, thank you, Lori. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfect. I can hear you perfect. Great, great. So so the the name of the album is really catchy. It's called Absolutely. Because you play the flute and you do an amazing job. How, how did you come up with that that title? Well, I'll tell you. Um, I have a very good friend and um, really partner of mine, and uh, he uh, produced my first single. And the first single off this uh, CD is called um, "La La La La" means I love you, an old Delphonics tune. So. Mm-hmm. We we took the approach that okay we'll we'll do a single first and then we'll put the CD out later. Um, so I was saying to him, wow man, I got to come up with a name for the CD, and um, he said, well, absolutely. <laughs> and I started laughing. I was like, I was like, what did you say? You know, he said, absolutely. His name is Michael Corbett, and. Um, so Mike came up with that name, and uh, even though I have a, another producer who produced the uh, full CD, uh, Mike, uh, he, he really came up with a good name when he, just in conversation, said absolutely instead of absolutely, you know. Uh, mhm. Well, it's it was really catchy. It was it was it was a just a spark of genius because it's it's perfect because the, the the flute is what you play, and it plays such a magical part in this whole CD, and. It, it wasn't really until recently that I even put the flute with with jazz, but I, I think that was, you know, my bad on my part. But I, I had just been to uh, see the Spanish Harlem Orchestra, and they had a wonderful flutist that played, and I thought, where does this flute come from with jazz music? I just hadn't put them together, and then I heard you, and there was the flute again, and I thought, man, um, I've just missed that somewhere along the line because it really adds so much dimension to the music. Well, you know, that's a good point that you make about that. And I've been encountering people for years and years who say, as a matter of fact, one person um, that I actually know uh, who um, is in the music industry um, said to me that, um, well, the flute is not an instrument to be played in jazz. And I was like, what? You know, because when I grew up, I listened to the greats that came before us, you know, and um, and I also studied music. And what I found was um, a guy that I actually met a few years ago, uh, Mr. Frank West, and that's W E S S. 
introduced the flute to jazz back in the 1940s. And so the flute's been around a long time, you know. So mm-hmm. a lot of folks don't don't really know that or realize that. But, uh, of course, you know, the greatest flute player in my generation, or well, not my generation, but before me was uh, Herbie Mann. And when I heard mm-hmm. him as a kid, when I heard him as a kid, I was like, okay, that's it. I, I want to be like that guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, is is that who inspired you then to, to pick up the flute? Yeah. Uh, Actually, um, I guess the, the the person, this is really funny, the person, a, a musician that inspired me to pick up the flute was Benny Goodman, who actually played a, a clarinet. Uh, mm-hmm. I was watching the Benny Goodman story uh, on, on television as a kid with Steve Allen in the role of Benny Goodman, and that music just took me away, and I was just mesmerized by the way... Um, that clarinet sounded. So I went to school and told the teacher I wanted to play the long thing. <laughs> so she gave me the long thing going the other way. So <laughs> that's how I started. Well, why do you think that the flute has gotten lost in, in, in people's mind when it comes to jazz music? Well, I, I, I really think um, there's not a, a lot of, uh, flute players out there, um, you know, doing what what I do. Uh, I know several of the of the top flutists uh, in in the U.S. and uh, one that comes to mind is my dear friend Holly Hoffman, and uh, she is just top of the top in terms of you know her ability. And then uh, another friend of mine, Althea Renee, she plays, and so it's really not that many. And uh, matter of fact, I, I heard a, a guy over in England talking about my music, and he's playing it a lot over there, and he's saying that, you know, it's so refreshing for him to be able to play a guy that plays the flute. So it's not that many in terms of being out there in the mainstream, and that's why uh, Althea, Renee, and myself, uh, we both say uh, during our shows, uh, because I've heard her say it too, um, we're trying to bring the flute back into the mainstream, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It definitely needs to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, to answer your question is just I don't think there's a lot of uh, acceptance from the folks that would help to push the uh, push the music. You know, I I'm at jazz festivals all the time. I I I know some of the best players in the country, and I tell you, my son is a musician. He's he's a guitarist, and uh, there's a million guitar players. There's, Oh my gosh, there's a million saxophone players, you know. So <laughs> people have told me mm-hmm. it's real refreshing when they get to hear me play, you know, because it's it's so different, you know. Right. Oh, definitely. Like like I said, you know, that the first time I'd uh, seen it brought out was a few months ago, um and I thought, well, that is genius, you know, that they brought that out because it just added this big dimension and then you know, so it brought an awareness to me and then I heard you and I thought, now wait a second. Am I missing something, or or is this, you know, has has it just not been, like you said, you know, a lot of flutists, and the reason was nobody was there wasn't that many people playing the flute, but it just it just adds so much more to the experience. Wow, thank you. I really appreciate that comment. Um, that's what uh, I'm actually trying to do, you know, to get folks to 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 hear it better, to know it better. Um, I actually uh, worked. Uh, for XM Satellite Radio, I'm found an employee. I helped to, to build XM Radio. Not in the music. I was actually the uh, uh, director of information technology for XM Radio. But anyway, every day I got a chance 
to meet um, a lot of icons in the music business, and uh, one of them uh, I met was the uh, classical uh, flutist um, uh, from Ireland. Uh, oh, gosh, now I'm going to forget his name, the greatest guy. Uh, <laughs> and for some reason I'm forgetting his name. But uh, um, anyway, I, I said to him, I said, uh, everybody wants to call me a flautist. You're a classical guy. Um, is is the proper term flautist or flutist? And he said, Alvin, what the heck is a f- flautist? I'm a flutist. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's um, it's 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 just a, a magical instrument on its own, anyway, and and then to incorporate it into into the jazz is just just takes on a a, a deeper depth of it. Have Have you always been musical, Alvin? Yes, actually, um, I started playing when I was a little kid, uh, probably in the fourth grade, uh, much like my son, who is, uh, he's a grown man now, but he started the same way, um, and which he's an extraordinary musician now, but um, yeah, I've, I've been playing most of my life. I, I actually stopped playing, as a teenager, I was playing with this local group in Washington, D.C., or from Washington, D.C., and we made records, and we had a little fame and stuff like that. But as I got older, um, I went to school and fell into the computer field and kind of let the music thing drop for years and years. And um, it never really left me, but um, it was something that uh, was always in me. So when I retired uh, from IT, I just said, you know what, I'm going to start doing what I do, which I had already started when I was at XM Radio. I started doing jazz cruises with uh, Norman Brown and Nick Colleone and Brian Culberson and all those guys. So I said, what the heck, might as well go have some fun. And so I've been having fun ever since. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to take a a quick break. I'm going to play that and give everybody just a, a taste of what you do, and then we're going to come back and talk about it, all right? Okay, great. Thanks, Lori.
Fisher's Absolutely off of his self-titled CD, Absolutely. So we're giving you a taste of, of Alvin's music. Alvin, did, did you come from a, a, a musical family? I, I know your son plays, and, and he plays with you in, in your band as well. Um, did, did, did you have a musical uh, history? Uh, no, not really. Um, not uh, My mother, who's actually, my mother's 80 years old now, but um, she said that uh, bef- when she was a young teenager she wanted to sing and she had relatives that was in the music business so she said she could sing and uh, of course this was before I was born and um, so she said that she went out to sing with them uh, once and she cried like a baby wanted to go back home so (laughs) that was the extent of her music career you know but uh, she used to sing to us kids I'm one of five children so she, she used to sing to us when we were little children and I guess I like the music uh, <laughs> from mm-hmm. her voice. Yeah, so my brother, he, uh, uh, my brother Vincent started out, he's 18 months older than me. So he, he, back in the day when you were a kid, when we were kids, you could go to school and they had music programs in the school systems, you know. Um, so you could go to school and play an instrument. So I was too young to play, but I just wanted to play like he was playing. He was playing a trombone, so... Um, like I said, when my turn came, I I just ran to the schools like, yeah, I just can't wait to play an instrument, you know, and that's what I started to do. We actually had a teenage band, and um, we did pretty good as teenagers, and I and a couple of other guys kept kept moving, in the, you know, with the music. Um, one of the guys I grew up with uh, played drums with James Brown for 13 years uh, until he passed away. Another guy, uh, that was Mousy Thompson. Another guy, uh, Tony Conti, has been playing with Heat Wave for a long time. Uh, so all of us had musical backgrounds growing up, you know, but a few of us stuck with it. And, you know, this is what we do, we're we doing even as we're, you know, now seasoned <laughs> musicians. And I'm And I'm glad to say that now I have my own band again, but I've got my son playing guitar with me. Um, and his uh, good friend who grew up with him, a uh, music production uh, major from Hampton University, uh, Jamal Norwood is playing bass with me. Uh, I've got Michael Brookins on keyboards and uh, another uh, uh, D.C. Uh, University graduate, John Lewis, my drummer, plays drums with me. And uh, then I have a backup guy, that Kim Maiden, who plays guitar when my son's not available uh, because of the nature of his work. I can't tell you what he does. If I do, I'd have to kill you. Or he'd have to kill me. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you still practice, Alvin, or, or does it or does it just come naturally now? No, I practice. practice. I practice. Um, I practice literally uh, every day. Um, I practice every day. Um, it's just something that uh, that I do. I I. I mean, they they tell me I'm one of the top flutists in the country and one of the best. So in order to be that, I, I have to keep practicing. So I practice every day, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that, that's good for other musicians to to hear, especially young musicians. In fact, I have a question that's that's come in from from a musician named Ben, and he wanted to know if you have some advice, kind of for beginning musicians. How how do you handle mistakes when you when you're performing is is his question. Well, I don't know the nature of mistake. I guess he's talking about uh, 
if he's playing a song and he makes a mistake. Um, right, that's, but, yeah, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, what I would say to that is um, you just keep playing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> a lot of times a lot of times in the, in, in the music business, we're, we're so uh, particular about our instruments and our abilities and what we do. Um, we think, you know, we made a big mistake, but actually nobody's even heard it but us, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, my thing is to, you know, keep playing. You know, the, the, what, what I would say about playing and performing is, as I just said about practicing, be prepared. You have to be prepared. If you're prepared, you won't really make many mistakes, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually walked on stage with with the best, and we had no rehearsals, and, you know, people were just, you know, jumping up and down in terms of, wow, those guys are great, you know, and, and we never even rehearsed, you know what I mean? So uh, as a group, so that, that means, you know, being prepared will uh, help take care of that as well. Right. In, in in your viewpoint, then, Elvin, what, what separates a, a good jazz musician from a great ma- jazz musician? Is it, is it preparation, do you think, or is, or is there more, even more to it than that? It's more to it than that. It's 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 preparation. It's education. Okay, and um, uh, it's something that's that that you know. I guess you have to know. I, I I really think a lot of people are born with it, but they 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 either nurture it, you know, keep working at it, or they let it go and they do other things, you know, distractions. Uh, I was talking about that uh, last night. Somebody asked me, um, "Hey, you gonna watch the game tonight?" And I said, "You know, really, I don't. I'm not interested in sports." And they were like, "What?" I was like, "Well, I'm a musician, so um, I've always been interested in music, you know. So I focused on." The music, um, what you're playing right now on the radio and what's being played of my CD around the world, I uh, I produced it. I executive produced it. Um, I own it. It's mine um, because I focused on the music. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, so in, in, in your spare time, on, on your downtime when you're relaxing, is that still centered around music? No. Actually, it's movies. <laughs> I have a um, I have a twelve seat movie theater in my house. So um, when uh, when folks come here, the first thing they want to know is, uh, oh wow, I want to see your studio. I'm like, I don't have a studio. I have a movie theater. You know, because that's how, that's how I relax. You know. Um, right. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, it's it's not all things music all the time, you know. It's, it's uh, yeah, movies for me. That's how I relax. Mhm. Well, now people probably want to uh, come over to your house and know what's playing at, at the uh, movie theater. Well, I actually have an extensive movie collection, so you know, I watch a lot of you know. I'm I'm a sci-fi buff, so because at XM Radio we actually had a, a broadcast operations center that I was uh, director uh, and part of, and uh, it was actually modeled after the uh, spaceship Enterprise. So um, the the guy that uh, was in charge of the uh, broadcast operations folks, uh, we called him the shift supervisor. He sat in a chair that we called the Kirk chair. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm a I'm a sci-fi buff that you know I, I got all kinds of movies like that. You know. 
Have, so, have you been to Comic Con? I've been once. Um, it's been a few years since I've I've been uh, been back, but I, I was there a long time ago, a uh, very long time ago. But it's changed a lot since since I went years ago. I mean, now it's like a major thing, you know. So mm-hmm. I got to make it there yeah, one it, day. <laughs> it it used to be just Star Trek people and Star Wars people, and and there used to really be comic books there. <laughs> Now, now you're right. It's evolved into something different. Yeah, actually, um, because in in my movie theater, it's actually I have a uh, I have vintage uh, movie projectors as well as the uh, one in the ceiling, and I would actually go to those uh, festivals like that to you could actually buy films back then, you know, real to real films. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's how long it's been since I've been to, been to the Comic Con to buy buy some films for. For my reel-to-reel uh, projectors, but uh, yeah, it's totally different now. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's it's evolved into something crazy. But but you've also played some crazy big jazz festivals too. So you played Old, Old Pasadena, the Chicago House of Blues, um, uh, Burke's uh, Jazz Festival. What's do do, do you have a, a favorite place to play? A, a place that you just really automatically are in the groove when you're there? Um. Well, that's anywhere. <laughs> that's, that's anywhere I play. But um, in terms of those big venues, um, uh, sometimes I think about that because actually I was with Nick Colleone a couple of weeks ago, and um, uh, he, uh, of course, Nick is one of the great guitarists uh, around today. And uh, so I was doing a lot of that stuff with Nick and um uh, I think the, the the one I liked the most was uh, the House of Blues in Chicago. Um, that was just like fantastic. Um, I think the time we played there, the night we played, was the last day of ownership that uh, Dan Aykroyd and Jim Belushi uh, owned owned it. I think after that, somebody else bought it. You know, but that was the best venue that I think I played at was the House of Blues in Chicago. And of course. <clears throat> Chicago has some of the best musicians uh, in the world, um, and uh, I just love those guys from Chicago because they <laughs> they really can play. They can make you play as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 a good. A lot of times, I, I've seen um, musicians say that that they'll rise to the level of 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 another great musician there. That the that those great music, musicians make them better as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And Chicago's got some of the, some of the best. I mean, like I said, I studied music, so I know you know back in the, the time before our time, a lot of the guys came up from New Orleans and and went to Chicago. You know, Louis Armstrong, King Oliver, and all of those guys. Well, the 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 legacy of the, those musicians and the guys playing today uh, are just as good as those guys. You know. Um, very good musicians. Well, you've had really good reviews on this album. I mean, they've used the words, you know, smooth and tight, and everyone knows that tight is a great word with, with you know, young people. You you want to be tight, and they've used that word tight, um, tight originals when, when, when describing this CD. Uh, uh, 
bit of interpretation, magical. And I completely agree. I haven't seen a review out there that I disagree with at all. I mean, they have just nailed the reviews on this, and, and you, you've done a fantastic job with it, and they've done a really uh, spot on as far as reviewing it. It's it's absolutely just really great from, from the very first song all the way through. It's one of those CDs you just want to put on repeat and then just, you know, just let it keep playing for you all throughout the day. It's, it's absolutely just a, a, a treat to, to listen to. It's, it's one of those things that, that the music's in you in this CD. You don't really even realize that you're listening to it. You just you just feel good, and, and, and you know that, that something's happening, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm listening to a CD. So it, it, it's got its own kind of a spirit to the music. Wow, wow. That's very, very nice words. I, I, I was talking to my wife about how when uh, – because I, I would go to New York. My producer uh, is Travis Milner. Travis uh, pr- is actually playing keyboards right now with Dennis Edwards in The Temptations. But he used to be a keyboardist with Norman Brown. And um, so I would fly to New York or fly to L.A. to, you know, record uh, various songs and things that I had to do do on that thing. And um, Travis uh, is just a master producer in terms of, you know, putting together that music and uh, mixing and mastering it. And then he pulled in a beautiful friend of mine, uh, Miss Gail Johnson, who is one of the top smooth jazz keyboarders out there today. Uh, she came in and did a tune with me, and then he got um, vocalist from Tower of Power, Brent Carter, to come in and sing um, one of the tunes. And, of course, my son, Alvin Fisher II, is just amazing on guitar. So, uh yeah, I was feeling that thing, whether I was in L.A. or New York, you know. Um, I was feeling it every time I'd play. Because <clears throat> what I was trying to do with this CD uh, was make more than just a smooth jazz CD. You know, I, I don't want to call it a smooth jazz CD. I actually pay tribute to Herbie Mann with uh, Memphis Underground, and I pay tribute to the great Bobby Humphrey uh, doing um, Harlem River Drive. Matter of fact, uh I think I might be the only flutist to ever record that song besides her. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I, I've been checking into it, and I, I think I'm the only one to have done it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, th- th- this, this music just washes over you, and, and it's just, it's, it's kind of just familiar to your soul, you know? And, in fact, I'm going to play Amazing Grace when we go out here, because you did such a great job on that. And, of course, everybody knows Amazing Grace, but they don't know Amazing Grace this way. And it's, uh, it's fresh, and it's new, but it's still familiar. So it's, it's updated, sort of, in, in a way of, of Amazing Grace, but it's, it's got that familiar, um, uh, like like an old blanket kind of in, in familiarity to you when you hear it. But then there's this freshness to it that just pops out, and uh, I, I just I just love the way you did Amazing Grace. Well, thank you. I tell you, my son and I have been playing that. Um, he came home when he he was in high school and said, Dad, uh, he he went to private school, a private Christian school, and he said. Dad, they want me to play uh, in one of the programs at school, and why don't you play with me? And I was like, hey, yeah, that might be cool, man, and um, what are we going to do? So it was, you know, being a Christian school, he said, well, let's do a religious tune. So we came up with Amazing Grace, and um, that's him on guitar, and he's actually been playing like that since he was a teenager. And uh, when we recorded this song, uh, we did it in one take. Uh, When we finished it was complete silence in the studio. Nobody said anything. Um, wow. We did it. Wow. 
Yeah. That's amazing. That is yeah. amazing. I'm I'm going to be thinking about that every time I listen to it now. I'm going to be listening to, to your son. I'm going to be thinking about that story um, of, of, of how you guys chose that song and then getting it in one take. You guys were absolutely – when you get something in one take, you are in the moment completely. Yeah. Both of yeah, you. Yeah. Everyone's in the moment for that to happen. Right. You're so right. Uh, when you can make your producer cry and uh, – Travis Milner had tears coming out of his eyes. I knew we had a winner then, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were tears in his eyes when we finished. And no one said anything. We didn't say anything probably for about two or three minutes. Nobody said anything. So <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, is, is is there somewhere that you would still like to play or what, what's um, – do you have any, you know, in any any place that you haven't played that you'd like to play? Oh wow, um, I, you know, it's not the place that's that's important to me. It's it's the people, you know. It's playing for people who appreciate the music, um, who really want to hear the music, and you know, understand the efforts that we put into the music. And 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 just say you know hey we like this thing um, hey I I play at the laundromat you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a great jazz club out here in Seattle called Jazz Alley, and it would be really great if you guys could make your way out here to the West Coast sometime, and and uh, and we we could get to hear you guys live. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, there's a there's a Jazz Fest West. To be honest with you, um, that used to be the old Pasadena Jazz Festival. They, uh, mm-hmm. I think this was the 18th year of it, and I was there this year. Um, I didn't play, but but my wife and I was there because you know most of my friends are there playing. But um, I, I'm trying to see if we can uh, play there next July at Jazz Fest West, uh, usually in San Dimas, but. Um, I don't, you know, if, if we can't make it there, or if the the folks, you know, the other thing about the music is, especially here on the East Coast, there are no more radio stations to promote it, you know? Um, right, right. So yeah, we, radio is in this weird transition right now. And, yeah, I was just talking about this with somebody the other day on, on the air. It, it used to be with radio that, you know, that they were always bringing you this great music all the time. You'd just re- get really excited. you like, oh, i got to have that. But now... The, the great music is still there, but but the people you have to look for it harder. You have to dig a little deeper for it because it's just the same kind of tracks running on tra- uh, traditional radio all the time, the same nine or ten songs. So it's it's really hard to to get into that. But but the music is there. People are still making fantastic music. Obviously you are, but but you have to dig a little deeper for it. You got to work a little bit harder than 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 we used to back in the day when radio was just finding us one gym after another. Right. Well, you know, that's because people like you who today can still do that and still give us a platform and and play it, which is moving now more and more to Internet radio, you know. But uh, like you say, it's about about finding it. Um, I'm finding now that uh, actually over in England right now, they're loving my CD over in in Europe, you know, uh, Switzerland, Mm -hmm. Japan. Um, they're playing the heck out of it over there, you know. But here, um, it's a different story. So, you know, I just hope that, you know, while we're in that transition, that folks like yourself who give us a voice and have a voice to, to, to give us a platform, you know, can kind of, you know, be found by the folks who are looking for good music and know that uh, 
the music is out there, you know. It absolutely is, and that's what, see, I've really wanted to try to get the word out. When I find the good music, that I want to bring it to everyone. We, we used to be able to do that back in the day when I was a DJ in Los Angeles. Um, people could walk in off the street. They could hand us their demo. We liked it. We'd spin it, you know. It was no problem at all to do that. And then I think in the 90s was probably the, the big shift on that, and it uh, there wasn't kind of the independent stations anymore. Everything got bought up and locked up, and you know it was harder to get music. We were given a strict playlist, and we couldn't, you know, go off of that. And and so it, it's really just struggled since then. But it's interesting you'd say that you were uh, had a lot of fans, which I'm not surprised in in Europe and Japan because we also get, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of listens out of that area. And back to the Cassie family, you know, Eva Cassie, she was a fantastic singer, and she never got the recognition she deserved in the States, but she was so big in in England and, and the European countries, and they just absolutely loved her, and, and America really never caught on to her until she'd already passed away, and it was, it was you know, just a, you know, a, a tragedy on, on a lot of levels. Yeah, and and you know she's from here. She's from here where I'm from, and um, you know right. um, mm-hmm. it's amazing because you know I I would lo- I love to hear her, you know, and and love to hear her sing. I even got to see her once at uh, I think I was at Blues Alley when I got to see her, and um, I mean just heavenly voice. I mean, you know, didn't didn't come no better. And like you said, I mean, right here at home. People don't even, if you say Eva Cassidy, they don't even know who you're talking about, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, that's what we tried to do with this CD was try to make something for the people. I have a good friend. He's actually a funk brother out of Motown, is uh, Mr. Jack Ashford. And uh, he said when they were making those songs back back in the 60s and whatnot that they weren't trying to play music for a certain segment of the population. They were playing music for everybody, you know, and mm-hmm. they didn't even know how famous they were, you know. Um, right. As the funk brothers. But uh, uh, Jack always says to me, he said, you know, Alvin, when, when you live in history, you don't really know that you're making it, you know. You're making history until you get old enough to look back, you know, and see, wow, I made history, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's... Uh, it's 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 really weird the period we're going through now, but I hope it gets back to uh, like it was back then when uh, folks like yourself could just say, "Oh, I like Alvin's music. It's good. It's it's good music. Let's play it." You know. Um, well, yeah. Well, especially you know, you're, we're, we're kind of seeing people get out of even the albums, and and they're going for these just one one song, downloading one song, which which again, I'm 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 kind of preach that I'm, I'm against this in, in the way that it doesn't give your playlist a lot of depth. And it used to be you'd buy the whole album for, for one song, but then you would discover this beautiful music that was all on this album that, that you would have never gotten to if you hadn't have bought the whole album. And so That's I think right. a lot of music's being missed now by, by just, you know, downloading one song here from this person, one song from here. I mean, you know, it is convenient to do. I've done it. But I don't know that that's really good for music. It's not good for the music lover because I think we're missing so, so much more by, by having the whole album. Like I said, with your album, you just put it on and this whole thing just goes. And, and, and the songs are different, but yet there's the same feeling through it. And, and the music's just washing through you and you're just experiencing it. And, and 
in, in, in your just in the depths of your of your being, and, and that's when, when you know that you're listening to just good music because it's just it's just reverberating through your body. You don't even really know that it's going on. It's just there's a familiarity to it that's um, well, yeah, you know, just to use the same word, magical, because that's that's absolutely what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I I think that's what I keep hearing, uh, and I'm actually reading the reviews as well, and everybody is saying magical. So I'm like, wow, you know, maybe there was some magic in the room when we went in to record some of this stuff, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's what we were looking for, you know. Um, and that's what you want, you know, you want people to experience it, and, and you get that through the whole album. You know, when you just play the one song, you, you have a – a great song, but when you put the album on, you have an experience, and that's that's really what I want people to understand when they're buying the album. And you know, when you were a little kid, and I was a little kid, I can't tell you how many albums I bought for one song, and 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 then later, it was a whole different song on the album became my my favorite. You know, right, uh, right, <laughs> and, and and that's what the album experience gave you. Walk right. in your room for hours just listening to that great music and, and, and finding all of the little nuances and all the little subtleties in, in, in each of those songs that, that were played. And I really want kids today to be able to experience that like, like, like we did. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, for you to have that uh, uh, philosophy and, and, and knowledge in order to do that, I think that probably you are going to, you know, make a difference in terms of reaching uh, folks that you'll never know you touched, you know, um, and uh, make a difference in some lives just from having that philosophy, and that's a great one to have, and I really, as a musician, I appreciate it, you know. Um, I actually just ordered, uh, and just got it today, George Duke's last CD, um, uh, and I, I met George Duke a, a, a long time ago, but also became friends with him when when I would see him, you know, um, especially working at XM Radio, and um, uh, he was a, a, the, one of the nicest guys you could could ever meet. But um, on on his new CD, he says that um, uh, we spin the undeveloped yarn of ideas into reality. It is the ultimate act of creating something from nothing in this world. In short, we are the storytellers and conduits of possibility possibilities and. When I read that, I was like, "Wow, you know, that's that's what I want to be—just a conduit of possibility for everybody." And I think that's what you are, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it 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 takes you know a village, you and, and you know, I might move it one step, you might move it two or three steps, but you know, together, if if we all do our little part, maybe we make a little bit of a difference. Let's let's hope anyway, hope. huh? Yeah, let's hope. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alvin, it's absolutely a, a pleasure, a, my complete pleasure to talk with you. It's just been absolutely, absolutely wonderful, and we're going to continue to play your music. We're going to continue to get the word out on this, and I want everybody to support Alvin Fisher and the Alvin Fisher Band, and I just really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to, to come on and, and, and share all of this information with, with not only me but, but to the thousands of people who are going to listen. Oh, that's I, 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 that's so nice. I appreciate it. And if anybody wants to, you know, check out the CD, they can go to CD Baby, and uh, they can go to my website, um, thealvinfisherband.com. Uh, There's just a lot of ways, Amazon.com. Uh, but feel free to go out there and check it out. And uh, 
you know, support the music. That's what it's all about, you know. So I appreciate you, Lori. I appreciate you very much. And, uh, yeah, when you listen to that Amazing Grace, just know that uh, that's that's what I, every day I walk around knowing that I have God's grace and uh, I appreciate everything. That's right. That's you know it's it, it is amazing. It's amazing, Grace, and it's uh, it's 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 a miracle every day. And uh, this it just sums it all up. When when we play this song, I think it's going to touch a lot of people. So thank you, Alvin. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Lori. All right, Talk have a great day, and let's let let's stay in touch. Yes, let's do that. Talk to you soon. All right. All, all right. right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was Alvin Fisher of the Alvin Fisher Band, and he's just an absolute gem to talk to. I just enjoyed it so much. He came to me via the Cassidy family, Margaret, Annette, and Dan, the Cassidy siblings, and you will remember their wonderfully gifted singer sister Eva Cassidy so they know music and they were spot on with this one we're going to go out today with what we talked about Alvin Fisher's Amazing Grace thank you for listening and be sure to support the Alvin Fisher band have a great day Thank you.